Good evening, everyone. This is Ryan and Dave. Good evening, everybody. Two international teachers in the international circuit talking about teaching. So this is episode five, I believe now, of Ed Talks. And what we are talking about today specifically is the role of faith in the curriculum. Should schools teach faith? I don't know if I've said before in a previous episode, but this is a particular topic of interest to me because my two subjects actually is history and religious studies. But since being in the international circuit, I don't utilize the religious studies part very much. And I think actually in 13 years of teaching in the international circuit, I've taught RE for one year in a British school that had it in the curriculum and not only because it was at the demand of two or three students, but yeah, it's an interesting one. Should schools teach faith? What do you think, David? Yeah, hi, Ryan. Hi, everybody. It's always a very topical area of discussion, I think, in a way, because I mean, for myself, certainly faith is a gift I've yet to receive. So I'm I'm open-minded, but don't have a faith myself. But I know my two daughters have been in schools where they've once had to study it and sit it early as a kind of GCSE, and the whole school sits it. And my other daughter, you know, has, um, t- has taken a different route in terms of her approach to it. Should schools teach a faith? I think the big thing here is that part of the problem we have globally at the moment is people's lack of tolerance. We talked about this in an earlier um, podcast, a lack of tolerance towards certain politics and and certain faith it causes a lot of um, anxiety and disgruntlement amongst people so I think schools have a massive role in educating youngsters on the value of faith and the faiths that are out there and and the rationales behind them it gets really difficult as we've seen with the very very sad situation in France a a month ago where this uh, history teacher you know was quite open about certain aspects of faith and it ended very unfortunately in his death then it was publicised. So it's, it, it is delicate, but it's important that we do discuss it. Yeah, I would I imagine myself now as a teacher, when I was training and teaching in the two subjects, it's just a little bit sad, actually, because I've taken on a second subject, which I've, I don't use. It gets completely underutilised. I personally don't think we should teach faith as such. I think it's too narrow scope, actually. And I think a bigger topic that should appear in the curriculum or a bigger subject should be human life or something like that. Whereas looking at uh, the religious answers to some of the big questions, but also looking at the, the answers from atheists, the answers from ancient philosophy. I give an example maybe like ethics, taking it from a religious perspective, a utilitarian perspective, and all the sort of branches of philosophy. Then I think, you know, things like existential angst, the discussion about is there life after death, those are questions of the human condition that we all have to look at. And I think the role of schools here then is to offer, well, here's how an atheist would answer it, here's how uh, a religious person would answer it, here's how Socrates answered it, which is taken in uh, ancient Greek philosophy. Absolutely. I think it's also very cultural because, you know, there, there are cultures out there that do believe in reincarnation, for example. There, mm-hmm. You know, there are lots of people who you can argue whether it's a faith or not, but Darwinism as opposed to, you know, X, Y and Z. I think it's really important to give, give students, dare I say, a kind of foundation understanding that this discussion exists. But I take your point as well, actually, that do, do, are you specific? I've been in schools where you have chapels, you know, three times a week. You go and sit, and and I really enjoyed the chapel because it was just 15, 20 minutes for me just to get my thoughts together and what have you. It wasn't about the faith. It was an opportunity to think and kind of reflect on things. And for others, it was a very deep-rooted thing because the, you know their beliefs were tied in totally with, with what they wanted, and that was great too. But where's the balance? You know, where, where, Where's the tipping point here? What, how much do we include? What should we educate youngsters on? Um, and there's a difference there, again, as you said, you know, between indoctrination, understanding, 
And, and, and students finding their own path, you know, finding their own, own way with some of this stuff. Where do you pitch it? I'm not sure. Well, certainly I think as a topic, religion shouldn't be completely excluded from the curriculum. You know, I was teaching for one of my IB classes, Mao Zedong's Acquisition of Tibet. Mao Zedong, brilliant. And the question I get, naturally, it comes up and looks, where does the Dalai Lama fit into this? What, who is the Dalai Lama? And you can, know, it, you can go off track then and spend a lesson discussing Tibetan Buddhism, which in itself is, is fascinating for students in a European context to explore then this religion. You know, the monks running around with their prayer wheels and Dalai Lama, what do they actually believe? Why do they carry photos of this guy? But it's interesting because the other thing I would say, I make a differentiation between faith and shall we say, actions of faith. So you're discussing there that the school should have a chapel, and I would have said, yeah, I, I like the idea of a school having a contemplative room, thinking more generically. It wasn't should they have a chapel at schools where they've had a chapel, and it's a place mm-hmm. where I went to, because I don't have a faith. But I still went because I had a, dare I say, a pastoral responsibility for a group of students, and the whole school you know, met and, at the chapel. But yeah, no, I agree with you. It's a, there's a difference between having a, a, a place where you can go and sit to contemplate about things. But I, there are parallels there, actually, Ryan, with what you just said. You know, for example, the examples that you just gave, but it's, it's almost like you take English literature. You know, why do we still look quite heavily at Shakespeare when there's some fantastic writers from the same period of time in South America and other parts of the world that we, we never touch on, we never look at? And so, you know, there is this, you know, why does, why, for example, this is for an example, why does the Bible uh, take precedent in, in many school and education systems as opposed to other faiths and, 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 other, and other ways forward? It's cultural. It depends where you are in the world. But I do think that there is a, a responsibility for those involved in education to be open-minded to it, irrespective of your own faith and your beliefs, to be receptive to, to understanding. But also, how do you sow an understanding to students so they have an appreciation, not agreement, an appreciation of, of you know what's out there? That's a that's a real at the moment, especially in, in the current climate. You look at COVID, for example. A lot of people turn to their own personal faiths to to kind of get them through pretty tough times, anxieties, and everything else. How did yeah? How do we manage that in schools? It's a very good question. I absolutely get that. When a global pandemic does, with some people push people towards a, a, a faith. All religions, to some extent, address the issue of the human condition, and I think that's that is something in a global pandemic that should be discussed a little bit more. Because somewhere in there, that's encouraging there the, the exploration of, shall we say, encouragement or courage to to see through the pandemic. I, I grew up with parents who both, um, dare I say, they were both atheists. I suppose in a way, yeah, they were. They were atheists. And they, they never indoctrinated or told me that this was right or wrong and you found your own way, so to speak. And I was in schools where, you know, various faiths were discussed and talked about, you know, you did your own thing. But I know for yourself, for example, there was, there was a time where you actually considered going uh, in one direction in terms of career, in terms of a direction which, which led you as a consequence of a faith. How do you balance that now, being an educator and having that deep-rooted understanding or following a, a certain route? I see religion as a private thing. I think it's something people should talk about. You know, students might ask me, what's your religious beliefs? It doesn't, I can't say it comes up terribly often, but students would ask. And I can give them an honest answer. And sometimes students will see, you know, I've, I've dealt with atheists, I've dealt with Muslims, Jewish students, Buddhist students. And if any time questions of, of faith or any aspect that relating to faith comes up, you know, I just put on my pastoral head and deal with it as a um, pastoral figure. You know, I've, I've encouraged students before who were atheists and when they were dealing with things that they were had problems with to look at a sort of hu- a humanist answer or ethical questions to look at a humanist answer. And the same thing with Muslim students. I had two Muslim students fighting with each other during 
Ramadan and we were, they were talking and I just remember quietly just sort of saying to them, um, and it was in a Muslim school, come on guys, this is, this is Ramadan, it's a time to sort of put a little bit of these differences aside. And this boils down to how we connect to the students as well, because this is looking at uh, understanding the religious beliefs of a student is understanding a little bit of their worldview, understanding where they're, where they're coming from. And also, yeah, parents play a big part in this too, I think. You know, there's we'll have parents who have a, quite a strong belief in something and and sometimes youngsters as as we know it doesn't have to be about faith but they rebel against it for for a whole myriad of reasons and that upsets the parents and they deliberately go against it you know going back you know to our days you were a punk or a rocker you know i don't like your music you don't like mine you know quadrophenia it's about that kind of rebellious nature within us sometimes but deep rooted it's an understanding and appreciation of things and i think as i said i come back to it tolerance is a big thing that we need to put into schools i think so that there is a greater tolerance by everybody, and I'm including teachers as much as students in this. We have to have greater tolerance so we can at least be appreciative and more understanding of somebody else's point of view. We're not very good at that, I think, sometimes, because of our own beliefs and our own, dare I say, indoctrination from where we've come from, our cultures and everything else. And it, it's a real rich tapestry, I think, uh, for schools to try and strike that balance. Where is your school? Is it a major conurbation in a predominantly Jewish area or a Sikh area or a, wherever it may be? It's a job for you, but you're in the middle of a, of quite a rich mix. How do you deal with that? How do you manage that as a teacher? And, and how do you respond to the kids who you know who perhaps rebel against certain things in terms of their faith or something else? How do you, how do you yeah how do you manage it? It's um it's not easy. I would also think as well rebellion is something I would expect from students, and I would draw that line morally that a faith or a belief system or a religious practice is not something that ought to be preached to a student or or uh, indoctrinated in that sense. So I would draw a distinction that I personally regard indoctrination as unethical. But in saying that, I had uh, 18 years of Catholic education in Ireland. You know, I've grown up in in, in faith schools mainly, and and enough to know therefore that I think religion should have a place in. School schools but I don't think exclusively religion I think it's the, the in the context of the bigger human questions it should be taught from uh, 11 maybe to 16 the big sort of human questions ethics marriage all these things and just looking at it from a multitude of answers to where is our human wisdom answered these sort of big questions and that's where I see the future of religious studies actually as a religion teacher it, yeah it's interesting is it because that kind of that pastoral social health care education that mm-hmm. It's woven into that in many ways, isn't it? There's a lot of, uh, and there's a lot of um, emphasis at the moment, not just because of COVID, but because of the way education is going. You could argue slightly more liberal, but the idea of education and well-being and and so on and so forth, it, it's all woven into this. Yeah, and as you said, it, coming back to what you just said a minute ago, Ryan, about faith, and so I'm going to get my my um my rugby bit in here. You know, you have a great faith in Irish rugby, and I think. That's not justified, and I think you need to review that quite carefully. <laughs> a crisis of faith. A crisis of faith. Sorry, um, no, but uh, no, but you're right in the nature of the curriculum. And um, whereas, I mean, if you go back maybe twenty years or so, you know, religious education RE was taught in many schools as a discrete subject, and was it's it's less so now. But it is it, it has been woven into other subject areas, be it history from a, that you know context. Uh, it's it's an interesting one. History of art. I've seen it in history of art. You know, exploring some of the beautiful paintings and sculptures, which invariably have come from you know times of faith and things. And we've just been through with the Black Lives Matter movement. Suddenly, there's been a lot of these kind of statues and representative icons, shall we say, in cities and things, which have suddenly been kind of withdrawn. That's not necessarily about faith, but there is a lot of in, entwined philosophy and things, you know, in that. 
and he's put it on he's put, he's put it back on the on the front foot again in the kind of in the limelight i think yeah i was thinking there and even in our context of the the pandemic currently you know marcus aurelius the the stoic he grew up and lived through the antonine plague and wrote extensively about about his shall we say calm mindset and his meditations and you know there there right there is a very psychological very very introspective answer in ancient greece to how to stay calm during a pandemic and there's a lot of this other bigger parts of the wisdom confucianism as well and in, in terms of the values that it instills even epicureanism and the idea of pursuit of pleasure for, and avoidance of pain beyond religion a lot of collective human wisdom helps with these big these big life scenarios and there's an awful lot of stuff you've just mentioned there ryan and how do we actually get that that get our understanding to youngsters understanding is the wrong word how do we educate youngsters that this rich kind of bowl of ingredient has meaning to what to what they do and where they're going because i'm i'm imagining and again, as I said, I'm, I'm not, a, not a specialist in this, but from an education standpoint, I'm, I'm, I'm unsure as to what age students suddenly turn on to following a faith or get interested in looking further into identifying, actually, yeah, I've got I, traits in myself. I, I get that. I, I like that. Or I don't like that. I, I feel uncomfortable with that. What, what age is it? What, what is the school's role in that? Which is where this came from, as you said, where we start, you know, did, should schools teach faith? They shouldn't teach a faith, but they should be able to give students an opportunity to understand different faiths to a to a degree. But again, what depth? How far? What do you include? What do you not include? If that's the way you want to think about it, not easy. No, no. I go back to the other point. There's certain aspects. Take you know, even just taking faith out of the equation. Mm. There are certain aspects of, you know, in the generic sense of religious practice, shall we say, that has certain sort of health benefits or certain benefits for... For the mind? Yeah, uh, and for the well-being of the individual. You know, the most famous... Mindfulness, of course, yeah, is the, exactly. the one that's right out there in the public yeah, yeah. domain that everybody hears about. But even, like, in the trend in London of humanists getting together and having a non-religious, completely personal ceremony as a community just to have that idea of collective worship or you know that, that feeling you get of belonging to something it was collective calming isn't it way? yeah so humanists get together and they have a um they design a ceremony and they do it and you know I've, I've, there's been stories about this being done in hyde park in london where a community might sing hymns they get a really pertinent pop song and everybody holds up the hymn sheet and sings along and uh, they have a couple of jokes and poetry readings but it's feeding that that same benefit that perhaps collective worship would would follow Mm. something like prayer you know some of the psychological models of prayer is that you are releasing all emotional blockage if you're just whether whether there's a god or not that listens for you just release emotional blockage just by saying out you know how you're feeling and how you're it's really uh, like an escape valve isn't it yeah it? yeah so you know even within faith i uh, take that out of the equation even think about just practice there's there's particular benefits i, I can see in that that ought to be taught actually outside of the religious context so I suppose in a way, the question I ask myself, Ryan, is, is should schools provide time for, um, they, call, they call it well-being, but it's a 10, 15-minute session at the beginning of a day where, you know, collectively you gather your thoughts. It's a time to, I'm not going to say meditate, but it's a time just for calm and for reflection, ready for the day. And some schools give that dedicated time. You know, it's, it's like in Japan where at the beginning of a working day, a lot of employees and a lot of businesses will do, it's actually not Japan, but the equivalent of Tai Chi, they do exercises and, and things just collectively as a complete team, just to calm and kind of prepare themselves for the day mentally and, and physically to a certain extent. And, and should schools be doing that? And I think there's argument, especially now, that yeah, they, they, they probably should be somehow. 
but without any directed approach to a faith or a belief. It's just an opportunity, as you said earlier in this in this chat, for people just to collectively chill and reflect about whatever the hell it is that they want to, you know, that you want to think about, to give opportunity for that. We're all in these little busy tornadoes of daily life, and it's actually quite nice just to, you know, just stop. Yeah, I think it, it, it's a very good discussion. It, it should be ongoing in schools. So, yeah, it's you bring all these students together, multiple faiths. You teach aspects of religious belief systems so that ideally they can understand one another better, uh, if that's important to the mission statement of the school, I guess. But they can certainly understand the cultural context of which each other's coming from. And then the other bits, I think, is not enough on- onus is placed on the, uh, the other attributes of human wisdom. I just see religion as aspects of human wisdom so you know confucianism ancient greek philosophy mm. and then the practice bits so i see those as you know essential to finding answers to everyday life problems yeah i'm just reflecting myself there ryan it's is it giving opportunity for people to to look for answers to questions that they have or is it people is it giving opportunity for in this case as educators to youngsters giving youngsters the opportunity to to try and establish the questions that they want to ask and then and then gather information so that they can then reflect upon it and that's a, that's a, that's that's quite an interesting dynamic actually there's aspects of wisdom within belief systems and philosophies that are helpful on a day-to-day basis i think you're right it's a good point to wind this podcast up in a way ryan because i think at the end of the day all schools have a really rich resource of of, of teachers within it and they all come from different backgrounds beliefs and faiths but they're just different cultural backgrounds what they bring into the mix and how they uh, impart knowledge and awareness to students is absolutely vital in this going forward and where the students then take it and make their decisions based on based on the information they get whether you're you know a science teacher a design teacher an art teacher or a sports you know a sports teacher everyone brings something to the party but where the teacher where the students then go away with that and where they they discuss i suppose the question at the end of this for me is do schools are schools then responsible to try and pull that together and give some kind of direction to the student or are they just giving a kind of a platform for the student to go away and give enough stuff for one of a better word for him to reflect upon and I haven't got an answer. Yeah I don't have an answer either but I do think there's definitely something within this realm that's underutilized and uh, I think certainly moving forward our world's getting much more interwoven with one another. I do think that this is a scope for further exploration. Totally agree. Cool. So do we still agree that Ireland aren't going to win the Six Nations next time or do we stop here? Well, uh, that's a yes then. With reg- <laughs> it's, goodbye me, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from him. Take care, folks. All the best. All the best. Ciao. Bye-bye. Ciao.